This is CliffCentral.com. A warm welcome to everyone listening to me from around the globe. This is Professor David Black. And as always, we are looking up. And I'm just so excited today because today's theme, Duncan, is astronomy and poetry. Does that not sound so inviting to you, Duncan? Astronomy, the world of science and poetry, the magic of the arts. Professor, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this conversation, just making the link yes. between the two themes. Yes, absolutely, Duncan. I think it's just so amazing that uh, we just have such incredible leaders of tomorrow uh, as our guests. So, listeners, listen to this. My guest today is Mojalefa Malalela. But Mojalefa is the one I'm going to concentrate on. That's his first name. Now, he's pursuing, uh, he's currently in pursuit of a PhD in physics. I mean, come on. How old are you, Mojalefa? Well, Prof, I'll be turning 21 in two weeks. Well, there you go. I mean, some people, 21, Duncan, are writing out cards, busy begging for some money. And mm-hmm. here's a guy who's actually in pursuit of a doctor's degree, PhD in physics. Now, I've had the honor of teaching Modulefa, and I want to tell our listeners, don't miss the track with this guy. He is smart. You know, if it was Gareth and the Idols, the judges would give a four out of four. <laughs> he has an interest in theoretical physics. I mean, come on, Duncan, at the age of 21, huh? mathematical modeling. and But then also... And why I specifically invited him today to be here, and it's just awesome to have you here, Mojalefa, is the um, the art and poetry. And today we're going to be talking about astronomy and poetry. So this is Professor David Block. We're looking up together to reach us in studio, 0861-555-189, 0861-555-189. And most people reach me via WeChat, which is just the WeChat ID is Cliff Central. I'm at Starry Galaxy Man on Twitter, and my Facebook page is davidblock.coza, www.davidblock, one word, co.za. Well, I want to kick off immediately with this because I'm just so excited. I feel I'm riding the waves. So, to start off, Modulefa, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us just a little bit about yourself, where you were born. and I mean, it's very unusual for someone who's born in Midlands, Duncan, to be in pursuit of a PhD in physics. I think it's uh, quite a remarkable experience. But n- nowadays, I don't think it's remarkable. Uh, well, you see, there's uh, two kinds of people I meet. Um, the one has an inquiring mind, and the other wants a degree for a job. And he's, uh, Modulefa is one of the other kind who has a highly inquiring mind. And while I agree for you, many go for degrees. Not many people, not too many people, should I say, have highly inquiring minds mm. at the present time. They might be more in the root of rote learning, if you understand, Duncan. I do. What I mean. But he's always asked me questions which are out of the box and, uh, Born September the 4th, 1994, momentous year when Nelson Mandela became president of our wonderful country. Obviously, you don't remember that day. Um, 
uh, Modulefa, but let's yeah. just start off with the uh, your interests. What do you do typically when you go home? I mean, your interests are extraordinarily rich. What do you actually do when you get home? Well, Prof, currently I'm studying electrodynamics, so I'd spend some time thinking about the field concepts, and they're not quite trivial to make, but mm-hmm. it's it's a real challenge because mm-hmm. sometimes. You really can't imagine such things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course, when you say out. the field, most people will think of a soccer field, Duncan. Yeah. He's talking about something. To, so you can even hear by the very language he uses that this is a guest with a very big difference. Uh, and I'm telling you this, folks. It's, uh, I'm just so thrilled to have him in the studio today. So tell me, um, why don't you reflect for a couple of minutes, please, Modulefa, in this crossing, astronomy and poetry, is what is poetry? Well, Prof, poetry, I guess in a sense, it's a form of expression. Okay. And from the way I view it, there are two spheres to life, mm-hmm. the analytical sphere and the artistic sphere. Beautiful. And in the analytical sphere... The formal language we use is mathematics. Right. But in the artistic sphere, one is free to choose whatever they feel like. Yes. So poetry is, in my in my view, the standard form of expression in, analytical sphere, in the artistic sphere. Mm-hmm. It can encompass everything you see around you and mm-hmm. convey the idea clearly mm-hmm. to someone next to you. Mm-hmm. What does poetry do for you, though, uh, Modulefa? Um, how do you feel... When you read a good poem, because after all, people only are excited about stuff which makes them feel good. So I'm interested to know with your analytical brain and your great love for poetry, what does poetry actually do for you? Where does it take you? Where does it move you to? Well, Prof, with poetry, one gets the sense of relief that someone can... A sense of relief, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Someone can abstract the world around you because sometimes, especially in academia, one doesn't always have the privilege to look at the world through different eyes, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. under something very formal like mathematics and physics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're trained to look at things in a very analytical way. Mm -hmm. So once you find a nice poem that describes things in a way that you can sit back and try and find the beauty in life, Not saying that you you don't find the beauty in mm-hmm. mathematics, mm-hmm. but it's much easier conveyed mm-hmm. in the form of pure language and pure mm-hmm. expression mm-hmm. known as poetry. You know, I was just in preparation, Duncan, uh, for this crossing. I just printed out some beautiful words from a f- beautiful poem, which I adore by the great poet Longfellow. And I'll just read a couple of lines, but... I think now this is all about night. It's actually called Hymn to the Night by the great poet Longfellow. Now, as you know, Duncan, when the sun starts setting, you've got the shadows getting longer and longer and longer, and then eventually night cometh and there's darkness, yes? Mm -hmm. So just listen to this. I mean, it's so rich. I mean, that's why Longfellow is just the giant in this area. Listen. And I quote, listeners, listen to this. I heard the trailing garments of the night sweep through her marble halls. I saw her sable skirts all fringed with light from the celestial 
walls. I felt her presence by its spell of might, stooped over me from above, the calm, majestic presence of the night. I mean, doesn't it create in your mind? What does it do for you, Duncan? You know, Professor, I think it's just magical that uh, a person can put words so mm. perfectly together and string yes. wonderful sentences. It yeah. moves me, Professor. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just love the opening stanzas. The night is described as, I heard the trailing garments like the clothes of the sweep through the halls. I saw the skirts fringed with light, meaning from the stars, from the celestial walls. Now, Modulefa does, what does this tell, tell me what this first stanza does for you. Well, Prof, with Longfellow's language, it, it takes the reader and places them in the night sky in their mind. Okay. It enables them to see the stars as they fill up the yes, sky. Yes, absolutely. And he, it's so well written that one doesn't need to do much imagining because you see it vividly happening around you mm-hmm. as the night sky takes mm-hmm. over and the stars start mm-hmm. shining their light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's quite a beautiful stanza. And how, does, how do you feel about the, this little piece, I saw her sable skirts fringed with light from the celestial warms, the calm. Majestic presence. How many S's were there, Professor? So many alliterations. <laughs> of the night. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, well, it's true, Duncan. As I look through this, S of, I heard the soft S again chimes. I heard the sounds of sorrow and delight that fill the haunted chambers of the night. This is magical. Is this why you adore poetry so much? Um, Modulefa? Yes, Prof. Actually, yes. This is beautiful. This is world class. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. It's magical. It takes one, I think, out of the very mundane um, moments of existence. And it takes one into a world, not only which is filled with the greatest scientists, um, but the interesting thing is that Longfellow is, what, what that's doing for me as a professor of astronomy is, it's taking me into an incredibly creative world of thinking of the night as garments, of thinking of the celestial walls. I mean, I, you know, the, the normal astronomers, I can put it that way, Duncan, doesn't normally go out and speak of, have you seen the celestial walls recently? <laughs> um, you know, they might speak of Wall Street. But I just, <laughs> you know, I just find uh, that his language almost casts a mystical glow, uh, much like the setting sun does on the western arenas of the horizon. What does this do to you? How, how do you, you've answered that it touches you emotionally, but does it help you then to really adore and appreciate the night skies? Yes, it does, Prof. To be honest, you, you don't really get to see this image. Right, that's Without true. the help of poetry. That's yeah. true. Now, that's very interesting. You don't get to see it. In other words, very few people would step out at night. Now, I'm thinking of Duncan in his beloved 
and say, <laughs> I felt her presence by its spell <laughs> of might. You know, the wife will probably divorce you or the girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I felt her presence by its spell of might stoop over me from above. <laughs> Duncan, you need to read this to your wife and say, honey, I felt her presence today. <laughs> the calm, majestic presence as of the one I love. <laughs> and you see if you'll still be a welcome guest at home. So. <laughs> but I mean, that's the kind of thing is it takes you to the world which is my home. My world is the world of astronomy. That's why Gareth and Rena have so kindly invited me to host and anchor this part, is that my world and expertise is astronomy. And I'm trying to tease out today the wonders between astronomy and poetry. But I'm very, very aware, Modulefa, that, um, you know, most people today, I'm thinking of my students. Let's think of my students specifically, yeah. my 330 students or adverts. Um, now, you know, of course, with today's technology, um, you know, my question to you is, therefore, does current society with its, you know, a state of technology such as cell phones and iPods and iPads and so on have any space for poetry with all this uh, new age multimedia? Well, Prof, to be honest, it does. But then it's up to the individual to find the poetry. Mm-hmm. The poetry doesn't come preloaded with your new iPod. You don't right. buy it and right. you don't find readings. Right. So you have to have this sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. You have to have the thirst for knowledge mm. to find these things. Mm-hmm. Now, how? answer this question for me because I find this very fascinating. How did you discover all these incredible poems? How did you do it? I mean, did you actually go to libraries? Did you borrow books? Because you clearly didn't use multimedia. No, in my time, we had to... When you say in your time, you're 21. <laughs> well, I am Imagine what young. I am. I'm a <laughs> Duncan, I mean, I'm grandpa with a grand, grand, grandpa. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, come on, tell me now, how did you discover this world? Well, Prof, my father had an encyclopedia set. He had an encyclopedia. Yes. Was that Encyclopedia Britannica? Yes, yes, Prof, uh-huh. it was. One of the oldest versions of Britannica. Wow. And I had to... well. It wasn't really an obligation, but I just felt that I owe it to myself mm-hmm. to read at least one volume in a week. One volume, and those were huge volumes. Yes, they were quite they were quite extensive as well. Mm. But what was really frustrating about the Britannica, especially mm-hmm. the the older versions, mm-hmm. was that they would really didn't go in depth. They would give you a taste of the field you're looking at, mm. and the rest you have to. Find in the library books and mm-hmm. research, mm-hmm. and this was quite far from the advent of Google. Mm. So you had to actually physically interact mm. with all these books, which mm-hmm. involved a lot of paper cuts and crying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you just swallow the pain, and mm-hmm. you quench your thirst for that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So you find these books. And are there any specific poets that you would say to me, you know, as someone who's heading for their doctorate in um, physics and so on? Uh, how would you? I mean, which poets really would take you into the magical land of the celestial walls? Well, Prof, I have quite a few favorites, but mm-hmm. the ones who stand above the others are D.H. Lawrence and William Blake. Okay, excellent. So why don't you carefully read me one of your favorite poems and then elaborate on it? Okay. 
I've chosen Money Madness by D.H. Lawrence. Okay, Money Madness by D.H. Lawrence. You can get that up, Duncan, I suppose, okay. as well. Yes. Okay. Money is our madness. Money our is vast. our madness. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Our vast collective madness. And of course, if the multitude is mad, the individual carries his own grain of insanity around with him. Mm-hmm. Doubt if any man living hands out a pound note without a pang. And a real tremor if he hands out a ten pound note. Mm-hmm. We quail. Money makes us quail. Mm-hmm. It has got us down. We grovel before its strange terror. Mm-hmm. And no wonder, for money has a fearful, cruel power among men. Mm-hmm. But it is not money we are terrified of. Mm-hmm. It is the collective money, mm-hmm. madness of mankind. Mm-hmm. For mankind says with one voice, how much is he worth? Mm. Has he no money? Mm. Then let him eat dirt and go cold. Mm. And mm. if I have no money, they will give me a little bread. So I do not die. But they will make me eat dirt for it. I shall have to eat dirt. I shall have to eat dirt if I have no money. Mm. It is that I am afraid of, and that fear can become a derelium. It is fear of my money-mad fellow men. We must save some money to save us from eating dirt. And this is wrong. Bread should be free. Shelter should be free. Mm. Fire should be free. Mm. To all and anybody. All and mm. anybody all over the world. Mm-hmm. We must regain our sanity about money. Mm-hmm. Before we start killing one another about it mm-hmm. It's one thing or the other mm-hmm. Tell us about that poem, it's beautiful I I love this poem in particular because It was a sort of prophecy mm-hmm. That D.H. Lawrence had wrote about mm-hmm. That eventually money will be the only thing that drives society Yes, that's right That's the yes. theme of the poem Yes mm-hmm. And sadly, this is what we see outside every day Mm-hmm. If you don't have a cent to your name, you mean nothing to the world. Mm. You could have all the ideas in your Isn't mind. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it's, that incredible? It's incredible. It's, mm. it's profound. It's an mm. absolute wonder. And what Lawrence, of course, is saying is that uh, without money, apparently one's eating dirt. And that's where I disagree so much yes. with the emphasis on uh, wealth and extreme wealth today is... I would say, Duncan, I don't know what you would say, but I would say that while I am not by any means in the financial realm a man of money, I am a man of immense worth, Duncan. Mm. And I think that what makes it is that to me, richness lies, for example, in knowledge. Richness lies in lighting other people's candles. Yes, yes. Would you agree with that, um, Mojaleva? Yes, absolutely, Prof. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now tell me, which is the favorite piece in your little stanza? I mean, you've got a beautiful piece there. If only you could tell them that living and spending isn't the same thing. What is that? I mean, that tells me that living in w- involves magic and it involves wonder and it involves awe. And spending is just merely spending money on a dress. Um, Money is our madness. I would say that's generally true. I mean, it's true that uh, if I need to have many wives, I need lots of money. But the point really is, seriously speaking, um, that D.H. Lawrence is 
um, are focusing on, I think, a brilliant choice of careers here. Many young people who would be listening to me today who might be interested in this is, is focusing not on what's in the bank, but rather what's in the head. And yes. more importantly, what is in your heart? How do you feel about that, Modulifa? Well, Prof, to be honest with you, the youth really needs to sit back and reflect. Hmm. In which way? Well, they should learn from the masters, mm-hmm. the masters of the crafts that they are pursuing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because all that mattered was perfecting the craft, mm. making it available for That's anyone without the mm-hmm. technical ability to do mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. But all that's boiling, that it's boiling down to now is mm. that I need to get that degree mm-hmm. so I can get that, that six-figure payment job mm-hmm. and marry a beautiful wife mm-hmm. and make beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can't really do mm-hmm. that with a sen- without a sense of fulfillment in mm-hmm. life, and money will never get that for you. I think that's true, you know. I think that the ancient... I was watching a documentary on Vivaldi and the Four Seasons, and, you know, I saw, for example, the glass blowers in Italy and the perfection with which they would make one vase over and over and over and over again, trying until it was reached a stage of perfection. They never were, well, many of the glass blowers weren't excessively wealthy. The owners may have been. But the point is, they were so proud. I remember being in Mexico recently, Duncan, and I'll bring it next week. Well, next week I'm away, but I'll bring it to show you, Duncan. And it Mm. was of a little donkey, a man had just cut out of paper. And he was so proud, so poor, but he was so proud because this donkey looked so real. And Mm. to me, that man was worth uh, millions of dollars. He came to me and he didn't speak English at all, but he just said to me in Mexican, he said, uh, Prof, um, this is my little gift to you. And it showed a little scene of a donkey carrying a person. I mean, that is really heart-wrenching, but it made me feel special. And is that what you are saying, is that multimedia today is drawing us away from this um, Modulefa? Yes, there's there's no sense of... Ownership and pride in your work. That's anymore. true. That's true. Because anyone can easily reproduce that with the current technology. Mm-hmm. All I need is a good camera phone with a good photo editor. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Prof. That also reminds me of a quotation I used to read every day to motivate myself. Mm-hmm. It says that the difference between a master and a beginner is that the master has failed far more than the beginner will ever try. <laughs> wow, it's, that's it's awesome. Say that again. The master mm. has failed mm. far more times than mm. the beginner will ever try. Oh, that's just so good. And I think that, well, we're dealing with mastery in the world of astronomy, in the world of poetry. I think it's yeah. just absolutely awesome stuff. Now, I'd like to ask you another question. What responsibilities does the poet have to society? Because, you know, clearly poets like a Longfellow, they were very effective. Yes, yes. In taking their world, like the celestial world, to, let's say, Joe Bloggs in the street. I think, you know, I think that was awesome. But um, I was sharing with you earlier, of course, in the car, how whenever I would excel at a certain subject in my area of astronomy and applied math, I wouldn't give myself the credit. I would give my teachers the credit. In other words, yes. one has to stand, as Newton said, on the shoulders 
of giants. Now, if you think of poets, they are giants in their own arena. Um, but what is the, what, what is, what responsibilities do you believe they should carry in the year 2015 to, uh, people who are simply pushing their grocery trolleys and buying food? Well, they need to mirror the world as it is. Wow, that's beautiful. They need to mirror the world. Tell us more about that. Well, as a poet, your sole duty is to reflect the world mm-hmm. and society. Mm. Well, I wouldn't say formally it's written in stone that as a poet, this is the law. Mm-hmm. But it is what I believe from the poets I've read mm-hmm. is the sole duty of the poet and his responsibility to society, mm-hmm. to question society, to find things that are morally unjust. Mm-hmm. And bring them out in a form that anyone can understand. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes acknowledging that something is a problem mm-hmm. may not really be enough. Mm-hmm. Because you might find your 13 year old doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. Right. So the poet has that responsibility to, to make that extremely clear mm. that, listen, this mm. is not what we should be aiming for. Mm. We have to rethink. We have to step back and view the bigger picture mm. and think about our actions. You know, I just love the words you're using today. Um, you know, I just, for example, as you were talking, just wrote down two words that really struck me very deeply in this um, crossing of astronomy and poetry, and that is mirror and reflect. Now, in astronomy... I have to do that all the time. I have to look at images from the Spitzer Space Telescope or the Hubble Space Telescope or some of the great Earth-bound telescopes such as Earth-based telescopes, such as the Keck telescopes. And I suppose that I always actually have to stand back and not only reflect what I see, but in my responsibility, say, in teaching you, I have to transfer that knowledge, and so I have to mirror, I have to reflect that knowledge back from my mindset. I have to direct it to you. And I remember doing that in when you were a first-year student, and I could see that the waves of knowledge, it was so beautiful, were lighting up um, your soul and your mind. Plutarch yeah. said the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lit. And I think that is just so, so, so awesome. Uh, what, how do you feel about, uh, people in their very busy lives today and ultra busy, say students too, not taking time to reflect, not taking time to mirror? Um, does it concern you? Yes, it does. That's the fastest way to poison the mind and the soul. Mm. Not reflecting. Mm. Because without reflection, One cannot ever grow. So how do you, I mean, if you take, say, one of our students at university and they addicted or whatever to a cell phone or some technology, how do you get a student? I mean, I often thought of this. How do you actually get someone to sit and think uh, when they're not even trained to do so? Well, I like doing this with the first years. Yes, what do you do? Tell us what you do. I think yes, our listeners yes. need to know what you do to try and change this wave. Well, I'd find them struggling with the concept in mathematics. Mm-hmm. And I'd ask them a question. If you did not have the university background and you owned a farm, mm-hmm. 
and you read that the calculus can give you information about areas and volumes mm-hmm. and you needed to build a sheep pen mm-hmm. how would you apply it mm-hmm. how would you take the symbols you see on paper mm-hmm. and map it to the real world mm-hmm. if you think about it and step back how would you explain to your granny that the integral gives me the area mm-hmm. underneath a specific right. function right but at the same time you need to question what is a function and what is it representing mm-hmm. so i basically think that you need to you have the responsibility as a scholar to take that information mm-hmm. and think about where i can apply it where it mm-hmm. has been applied mm-hmm. and what new mm-hmm. applications can i come up with personally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you might find some brilliant answers to those questions. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, to the granny on the farm, she won't understand the double integral dx dy. But um, <laughs> you like that, Duncan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> granny has trouble just um, trying to evaluate the double Romanian integral of dx dy. <laughs> but when you show her the area um, occupied by her sheep, then... Uh, what you're saying is if there's a synergy, it then makes sense. Yes, yes, it does. Now, that, of course, is interesting, but are there any other ways in which you can get our students to reflect? Because that, I think that's what's missing in today, in so many lives today is astronomy forces me to reflect. It forces me to reflect every day about my existence. Why am I here? Who am I going to meet? There's that majesty about astronomy. I think we, again... Think back to D.H. Lawrence, the trailing garments of the night sweeping through her marble halls. Um, How do you get people to enter the shoes of Longfellow when they are short fellows? (laughs) Well, there's a simple I mean, how do you do it? You read. I know, but suppose you just don't (laughs) want to read. Well... You talk. Okay. You question. Okay. Every single day when someone says something, you need to find out why they're saying it in that particular manner. Okay. And query, why didn't I think of that or why are you thinking of that? Okay. There might be something flawed with your reasoning. There might be something flawed Mm -hmm. with the statement. Mm -hmm. But it's your responsibility to not just accept things as they are. Yep. You need to have your own unique grasp on situations in Mm -hmm. the world. Because you cannot always take what your peers tell you to be true. Right, absolutely, sir. Yes. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to be in constant pursuit of your unique truth. Mm-hmm. Be it in the sciences, be it in the arts, be it in mm-hmm. just being alive. Mm-hmm. You need to always have that passionate mind. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what keeps us human. So I just get from this that, I mean, this is the synergy, Duncan, that I have with today's crossing is a, the passion of the mind. To me, um, it, you can hear that Modulefa speaks in a very different way to the way that generally 21-year-olds might speak. And these words have quite a huge depth to meaning, um, speaking of mirroring and reflecting. Uh, where does this take you to, Duncan, apart from losing your wife or girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it, it all starts with uh, what he said in the beginning, that uh, his house, his home, 
was filled with the encyclopedias. Yes, that's true. And uh, he took it upon himself to uh, read at least one encyclopedia every week. That's incredible. So uh, I think he was uh, really privileged to be in that position where he was uh, in a home that was filled with so much that's information. True. That's true. But uh, we do commend him for taking it upon himself mm, on reading yeah. all those books. Absolutely. I think someone else would, would have just walked past those books every Absolutely. day. Absolutely. And just said to themselves, well, here's a dusty old set of books. Now, what's on WeChat or whatever <laughs> or Instagram or something? Yeah, kind of like me though. But yeah, well done on you, man. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. But I think it's, it, it does take a different mindset to actually go and dust off the the covers of the books and say to yourself, well, what do these books contain? And Duncan, reading uh, uh, an encyclopedia is not, now I have to be careful what words I use, it's not just like use, reading um, you know, a magazine to make money or health or something. I have to be very careful. I know I'm on air. But um, the point that I'm really making is that um, reading encyclopedias isn't everybody's idea of fun. But tell me this, Module FM, um, how do you feel about the use of words in poems? Because clearly the words, you know, I think of D.H. Lawrence again who wrote, Money poisons you when you've got it and starves you when you haven't. Mm. <laughs> and that's true. Money poisons you when you've got it. That's so true. Greed poisons people. And yet it starves you when, it have, when you haven't. And I've never met anybody in the world, Duncan, who's told me, Prof, I've got enough money. It's never enough. It's never, ever enough. Somehow it's this bottomless pit. And the more we earn, the more we spend, and the more we are unhappy, generally speaking. Yeah. I'm not making that a rule. That's not David Block's law, but <laughs> it is an observation. It's David Block's um, observation. Uh, how do you feel with regard to the choice of words here, uh, Modulefa? Uh, the, the choice of words play an important role as in who gets to see your image. Mm -hmm. Because if you choose a certain vocabulary, you limit your audience. Mm -hmm. And one has to always try to have a universal set for an audience. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, the use of the word poison. It sets out a nice image where you can see the victim mm -hmm. dying. Right. Because of taking up this greed for money. Right. This lust for money. Right, it does. And it does really poison the soul. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little break now because you've been taken into a magical land of mirroring and reflecting. And what better, who better to listen to than those incredible sounds of Enya. Hear the drama.
Well, you know, when I listen to music such as that, it transports me into a world of inspiration. It transports my soul into a world of drama, but also into a world of thought, but also into a world of purpose, but also into a world of meaning. It transports the professor into a different space, a different phase space. Now, um, Machulefa, you of course have grown, were born in Netherlands and Soweto. Um, I've been there. I've uh, noted the surroundings, and certainly uh, I haven't met many people at, even now who are um, as passionate as you are. Which is why I encourage you to follow your unique dream as you are with regard to poetry. Now, have you been able to encourage others to follow your line of your Love, for example, a soccer player might come and say, "Come and see me play on the soccer fields." Um, do you feel that? Uh, I mean, have the youth of today in Soweto say, "Let's just concentrate on where you're born." Yeah. Lost the value of poetry in general. They sadly have, because to most of them, poetry is just something you do in the English class. Right. They don't read and reflect. They don't take it upon themselves to think. Why was this poem written? Hmm. What is he trying to tell society? Hmm. Why, why do I have to do this particular poem at this particular level in time? Mm-hmm. So it becomes a real problem to try and get them to think about these issues mm-hmm. when all they want to do is go chill mm-hmm. and have some snacks and mm-hmm. talk on WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a real challenge, but mm-hmm. you do break through to one or two of them. Uh, how many people out of a hundred do you believe one can break through in one's lifetime? Because it's an exceedingly difficult challenge. Um, and I say that from years of public speaking is that to get someone to value something they've lost is a very challenging exercise. And yet you somehow, you, I can know, have maintained the magic in your life. Uh, much like when I mentored the chairman of Investec Bank, he uh, he was like yourself. He was so inquiring. But how do you inspire people in your neighborhood? Well, I try by all means to avoid the typical small talk. Okay. That the granny across the street just okay. bought new sofas. Okay. I always ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the sky today? Mm-hmm. When Jupiter was visible. I asked them, did you know that was Jupiter? Mm-hmm. Did you know that this only happens in a very, very, very long time? Mm-hmm. And your great-grandkids might not even have the privilege to see them. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I always keep them on their toes by asking them these questions. Of course, mm-hmm. not everyone is welcoming to the questions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you find people who are quite resistant to change. Mm-hmm. Professor, I need to ask him a question. Uh, please do, Duncan. I, I know if, if, I, if I was also coming from the same background he's coming from, mm-hmm. and I was the encyclopedia guy. Yes. A lot of ladies wouldn't even give me a second glance. <laughs> Isn't that true, Professor? <laughs> yeah. That's very true. So, I mean, you regard it as the nerd. Yes, yes. But, yes. but it seems to me that uh, he's not even phased by the fact that girls wouldn't even give him the second look. <laughs> yes. Now, well, yeah. that's actually interesting. Um, I mean, that does take us to a very uh, poignant point that Duncan has raised. How, I, mean, how, I mean, I remember that uh, at school one felt uh, pretty isolated um, yeah. as I grew up with my interests in astronomy. Uh, how does that take you? Uh, how do you respond to Duncan's brilliant question? Well, 
I believe eventually there will be one. Well, she might not be doing physics because there are very few females who actually take passion in physics. But eventually I will meet one. And like the cross today, we might merge poetry and physics. Mm-hmm. So that will be quite beautiful to, mm-hmm. to vision. Mm-hmm. And you'll write a poem which will be read out on your wedding day? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My own selection of pen. <laughs> as long as you don't be like Mozart and write a pen for the funeral as well. <laughs> I think you're in good company and good hands. Yeah. But uh, when you wake... Okay, here's a last question as we um, wrap up. What keeps you awake at night? The infinite cosmos. I need to know why and how. That thirst keeps me up sometimes in an unhealthy manner. You might find that you can't even focus in class the next day, but you need to ask yourself why this happens Mm. and why it doesn't happen otherwise. Mm. And Mm. that thirst will never be quenched if I sit still. Mm. You need to read more. You need to question more. Discuss with your peers. Mm. Query your lecturers. Mm. They're there for a reason. Mm. I think, Duncan... You can agree with me that we've had a very unique guest on the uh, global stream today, mm. Modulefa. How do you feel about that? I think we've, you just hear magic in his voice. Professor, there's hope for the future. Well, that's right. There's hope for the future. Not everything spins on the boredom of the moment, but the world spins on passion, dreaming, living, and excitement, dreaming, moving, the cutting edge. This is Professor David Block uh, signing out on Looking Up in Awe by... Flying Fish now has even more flavor. More flavor. Huh? Hey! What you doing? Man, even more flavor. All right. Introducing new chilled green apple. Chilled green apple. It's a beer with all the bitterness brewed out and green apple flavor brewed in. I said the flavor's brewed in. Go on. Huh. Add some flavor. Don't mind if I do. Huh? Enjoy responsibly. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com.